director, mental health advocate, and also someone who calls their parents too much. Hey, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, and uh, someone who's really bad at texting. Yeah, you are. I know. I'm getting better. You're getting a little better, but then you overdo it. Exclamation points, baby. Anyway, this is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. Welcome. What's going on? I don't know. Okay, I'll answer. So Sugar got a biopsy. (laughs) Oh, this is sad. Yeah, my dog Sugar, the love of my life, had a suspicious mole on her ass. So she got that removed and now she's wearing this cone and she's like very unhappy. Yeah. But it's also caused me to do something unhealthy. Which is what? Ask my ex-boyfriend to watch her. Yeah, let's get into this. (laughs) What? Okay, so I have to go away this weekend. Yeah. Because I have to go to a bachelorette party, and I had no idea that she was going to have to wear this cone for 10 days. Yeah. And she's very upset and uncomfortable, and normally I leave her with my friends, but they have another dog, and she doesn't really like other dogs, and I just want her to feel, like, blissful. In her own home. In her own home. Yeah. And, like, happy, and there's no one else for, for me to ask. It's hypocrisy at its worst. Yeah. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. I was thinking about this because we did an episode of the YouTube channel where you asked me to rank my friends. And I was thinking about it. And then I realized that one of my closest friends is my ex-boyfriend. See? You've said it's fine because he's married. So I think that if I ever get married, please, God, please, then I could be friends with him again. Yeah. But I don't really know why I want to. Me and my ex-boyfriend who are talk every day, nothing's there because he's he's married and everyone's moved on and it's been enough time and you know what I mean? Right. I often am like, he should be mad at me. He I should, think he is. He should be way more mad at me than he pretend, acts as if he is. Well, because I think he's gone over it, but I think he yeah. was mad at you for a while. I know, but we're still like very good friends and I'm still surprised that he is very forgiving in that way and like it's just like lets me be in his life. I don't think he ever really shut the door. Interesting. Yeah. But I just am kind of a little worm who always like no, gets back in there. I think you guys are just friends. Like I don't think that there's like leftover romantic feelings. No, not at all. So that's why it's fine. So then it's fine. Yeah. Great. Okay, so this is a variety show where there's going to be different segments. We've got a guest coming up, uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite guys uh, who is on a lot of podcasts. Oh, yeah, podcast king. <laughs> king of the podcasts. But first, international question, international question, international question, Anna, Minnesota. Anna wrote, hi, Allison and Gabby. My name is Anna, and I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> End of email. (laughs) I was wondering what you both thought about power dynamics, such as top or bottom and dominant or submissive in a relationship. I'm a lesbian and I would say I'm verse, but I find it hard to make the first move or be dominant in any way. Do these dynamics need to line up perfectly in order for two people to be romantically compatible? Should I wait for someone willing to make the first move or should I just grow up and do it myself? And then she apologized that it wasn't an international question. But little does she know, they all are. <laughs> <laughs> They're all international in your mind, Anna. Yes. Okay. So I have first a question all, about her question. Please. Do you think she's just asking about like in sexual relationships or like in, within the entire relationship? I think she means sexual because top or bottom and dominant or submissive in, and Those verse are, sex, are all sex, sex terms. terms. Yeah. 
First of all, I think you have to grow up and talk about it. You can't be, you know, someone who wants to be dominant or even wants to be submissive and you don't make the first move. But the first move should be talking. I think that there has to be a level of compatibility. Because I think that if you are both super doms, you're both super subs, or like one Mm -hmm. person likes to be in control and the other person likes that even more, like that's going to be problematic. So I actually think you do need to probably wait around for someone who's compatible. And if for you, you prefer somebody who makes the first move, then that's awesome. And like, just wait till you find that person. Yes, but I also think you can. The first you can't, kiss is different, yeah. than the rest of the relationship. But I'm saying because kink stuff and kink negotiations are really intense, and like it can't be. I know as much as people want it to be like, and then they just swept me off my feet and knew exactly what I wanted. That's super dangerous because there is sometimes an element of violence or you know an element of control. And if you're not talking about it ahead of time, or you just want someone who's going to just know to choke you or whatever, like then you're getting in these areas where like there's miscommunication or they can actually hurt you. Well, I'm not you can that hurt you someone. shouldn't talk about it. You obviously should yeah. talk about it. But if you talk about it and you both go, I'm dumb, then yeah. maybe that's not a match. Yeah. That's what happened to me and Igor. <laughs> um, this is kind of more of a thing if you are in the queer community or in the kink community. I don't know like many vanilla straight people who like go on dates and say like, oh, I'm, you know, and discuss these things ahead of time. I think a lot of times y'all just like fall into relationships and sex and there's not like these negotiations ahead of time. I haven't talked to a guy I've dated ever. Ever in years. I've never even even opened my mouth in their presence. (laughs) That might be why they break up with you. But (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I'll be here in the Catskills all week. Um, I think there is a lot of expectations that need to be set up ahead of time because you will get disappointed. If you're a person who's very submissive and then you end up in bed with another submissive person, like nothing's going to happen. Boring. It's just a bunch of wet noodles. So I think you have to like set up your expectations ahead of time. I even like having the the color system of like green, yellow, red. So like insects, like someone says green, then they're like great with what's going on. Yellow is like, hey, well, maybe let's do a little bit different or let's talk about it. Red is like stop. And so I think like you do need to hash that stuff out ahead of time because a lot of things get out like out from under you and then it's moving fast and sex is happening and like your your stuff is happening that you don't want, you don't know how to say or you're doing something and you don't realize the other person doesn't want it. Like it really needs to be, I know it's like takes the sexiness out of it or the romance out of it or it's ner- like nerve wracking to do but I don't think that talking about sex takes the romance out of it. I think it's just I don't the either. way that you do it. Yeah. Like I think that if you um, pull out a contract, ask them to sign. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, if you just like show them a video, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, Here's a video yeah, of what I want what to I happen. Want, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that you, you know, like I think that there is this stigma that if you have to talk about things, it's because that person's doing something wrong. Yes. And like that's a problem. Like people aren't mind readers; they have no idea. And everyone no. has such different things that they want and they look for. And um, I think it's just like good to communicate about it. And also, you can do it in like a fun, flirty way. Yeah, I've had mostly men that I've been with say. Oh, it's so great that you, like, give direction. And I was like, who's out here not giving direction? Pretty much everybody. I think that people are really scared to give notes or to, like, be like— Who likes to get a note? Not me. But hate a note. I would rather get notes during sex than be doing a bunch of stuff that I think is going really well and the other person's having a bad time. Totally, yeah. But I think that, like, in life, people don't like notes. And people tend, like, about anything. And then people are extra sensitive in this area. So it makes sense that it's, like, sort of, that that sort of became the norm, that people didn't really talk about it. I need feedback. I need constant feedback. Look, I love, you know I love feedback. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, you know, this is part of it is just, like, breaking down those barriers and, and, like, 
I think if you start to talk freely, then chances are that other person will too. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then that's another sign that it's not a match. People are so weird about asking or answering, do you like that? Like they're oh, I think very, sometimes they don't know. They don't, yeah, they don't know or, or not even ahead of time, like when stuff's happening. Sometimes they don't know. They don't know while it's happening? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I think also you're someone who is very in touch with like what works for you and what doesn't. And some people are on more of a journey and they're yeah. figuring it out. They don't know yet. Yeah. I will say in the queer community, there is a lot put on top, bottom, dominant or sub. Like mm-hmm. there is like – there is a thing where it becomes like so tied up. It's almost like your astrological sign or your, you know, it becomes like this thing that you introduce yourself with or something or that you like make part of your personality or you can even be like, oh, you know, that's, there's such a top over there or whatever. But like, then it boxes people in and like, yeah, more and more, I think people are saying, no, I'm actually versatile. No, I'm actually like whatever. Mm -hmm. But there used to be, you know, even like stereotypes, right? Like you see a, a, a girl who's very, thin and wiry and you go oh that's a bottom or you know oh like there's no way that that really like muscular girl is a is a bottom or whatever or or isn't but then it does make sense in some ways because if you really do identify with it then you should be compatible with the person you're with in that way the instance with me and your buddy Igor the one of the reasons it didn't really work out is because we were both tops Mm -hmm. and so it was hard to get a handle sexually about what was like gonna go on I did a tweet about it where I was joking where I was like I've never negotiated a peace treaty but I have been a top trying to work out sex terms with another top it doesn't go well it's very hard (laughs) yeah so So I I think but I think that that's the thing that Anna's getting to is like you know you can either wait a long time to figure out if you're incompatible Mm -hmm. or you can kind of like do that up front and figure it out yeah and if I, she's just waiting around for somebody to make the first move, it could be six months and they're both subs. Right, exactly. But also, like, top and bottom then is sort of separate from dominant and submissive, too, because top and bottom is, like, just sex. And dominant and submissive comes into, like, now you're in, like, kink territory and you you're might right, not I'm actually so – No, I'm just saying you <laughs> might not actually be having, like, what is considered, like, sex, like, if you're dominant mm-hmm. and sub. There's, like, a lot of things to it. So I think – With kink specifically, you really have to talk. Really, really. I know it's like going to take the fun out of it maybe, but I don't think it does. But some people say that it does. Really, really got to talk it out and say who's what and what's happening and all that stuff. Um, Safe words, all of that. Uh, Top and bottom, don't get so stuck on that that you never explore the other way and that you like – then write people out of your life because you're like, well, I could never date that person because sometimes there's certain relationships I've been in. Like I'm generally a dominant person, but certain people I've dated, the dynamic has ended up as such that I am then the bottom in that relationship. So it just like depends. Uh, I do think we put too much on it in the queer community. But I do think you have to um, be open about that, but don't be rigid about it. Yeah. Well, I hope that that helped. Do you think that helped? Yeah. Do you think that we changed Anna's life? You're asking for my approval in a real bottomy way right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you want to submit your international questions, send it on over to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Now, please stay tuned because coming up next is Tough Questions with the king of podcasts, John Gabris. Just between. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. 
Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off create an unforgettable gift for your mom this mother's day that's mylifeinabook.com use code just between us for 10% off today Hi everyone, Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's that time again for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions. The more you say it, the less true it becomes. It was never true. Okay. 
Joining us today, fittingly, is the king of podcasts himself, John Gabris. Yeah, I've never clapped before. I'm excited to have royalty here. Yes, thank you, thank this you. This is truly remarkable. I'm We're a, in your kingdom. I'm a jack of all trades, but king of podcasts. Yeah, how many for sure. different podcasts do you think you've been a guest on? Oh, the, guest on? That's crazy. I have, I have <laughs> Over no 100? idea. I have a hard time saying no. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Why are you? What makes I mean, you... I'm so pumped to be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just feel like it's like good seed planting to meet people doing their podcasts, and then I also have one, so I could potentially have people on as guests. You know? What makes you a good guest? I'm forthcoming. Sure. I speak in complete sentences. Right. And uh, I'm a narcissistic monster. <laughs> Great. I'd also argue fun voice. Really fun yeah, voice. Really oh, thank fun you. voice. Really thank fun you. voice. Like thank I kind of listen to you talk about anything. Distinctive. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I appreciate that. Wow, that's very flattering. <laughs> Butter me up before the tough question. Exactly. exactly. You do a lot of things. You're a very funny guy. You're prolific. But I wanted to bring you on here to talk about something weird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this is sort of a, a scenario that I, I found myself in before. And Gabby, I think you have too. When you meet somebody and you want to be friends with them, but it's weird. Right, exactly. Like, how do you how befriend do you, someone as an adult? How do you make someone your friend? Oh, yes. And Allison... I wanted to friend you hard It's trying to friend you. Now. <laughs> yeah. It's not going great, so I thought, you know what? Have him on the podcast. Right. <laughs> Interesting. So Interesting. this is her way of confronting you and being like, why aren't we friends now and, and in the future? Right. Okay, yeah. I think this is now the, you know, still under five times we've seen each other in person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my that's my cross to bear is that everyone wants to be friends with me, and Do I don't necessarily. I'm pretty stacked in the friends department, right? <laughs> that's probably true, though, right? Do you feel like people reach out to you all the time? No, I don't feel like that. I I actually was just the other day. Two of my friends were making fun of me because my wife's friend was coming to stay with me, and then I made it. A dude at my gym who I've been texting them about that I hated, I was like, I had a breakthrough with this guy, and we were like kind of nice to each other. And then they were like, oh, so now he's going to be at your wedding. And they're roasting me, and I'm realizing I'm getting made fun of for having friends. I think yes. like in, in my late 30s. And also you're already married. Yes, I so am. So well, he's going to be at your wedding then. Yeah, I know. It was more of like a joke, like Gabriel instantly friends all these people, and, and now he's like traveling with them or whatever. You're the mayor of nowhere. I am. I, I truly am. People, I, I have a face that people want to engage with, mm -hmm. uh, either positively or negatively. Yeah. Babies like me because my head and face are big and expressive <laughs> and, and hairy. And then people at bars, drunk guys, hate me because I, I'm big and loud and they want it. They confront you? Yeah. I, I used to just get like fights started with me in college because I was, you know, I mean, I'm also the guy in the Hawaiian shirt and like right. frosted tips, like <laughs> in the corner of their bar screaming bullshit. Like, sure. Do people uh, think you're the bouncer? Um, I know, uh, not often because I'm not usually dressed like a bouncer. <laughs> I'm dressed more like a lifeguard on a gay bear cruise. Yeah, I was going to say like a dad on vacation. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, my vacation dad is fully, I'm a, I'm a Tommy Bahama power shopper. Ah, yes. Yeah. No mediums there, baby. So you're like, my dance card is full. I have so many people that want to be friends with me. Because you're like a gregarious sort of dude and people are like, let me get in there. This is an energy I'm drawn to. Yeah, but I can knock some people off and make room for a couple more. Hey. Whoa, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Well, what makes you want to reciprocate? What makes you go, like if you're the guy that people want to be friends with, what is what makes you go, okay, I want to befriend this guy? Oh, that's interesting. You that's know? a good question. What do I, 
It's sort of like, uh, what can they do for me in Hollywood? No. Uh, <laughs> I wish. That's smart. Most, yeah. yeah. No, that is smart. But most people that want to be friends with me are like weird guys in the sauna at the gym. Mm -hmm. so, I need to hear more about your gym. Yeah, yeah. I don't think these people want to be friends with you, John. I think they're yeah. trying to get it in. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of like a few serendipitous encounters mm -hmm. where we're not like seeking out, hanging out because that always feels weird, right? That's Too the hardest forced. part is the first time that Allison sends me an email and is like, hey, are you free next week? Let's grab lunch. Mm -hmm. I'm that never going to do it now. No, I know. You better not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you totally can. I'll do it to you instead, but I'll keep rescheduling. So uh, I'll just keep, uh, can we punt this? <laughs> you rescheduled this interview. Yeah, but for only two hours. Yeah. <laughs> you made us wait, though. Yeah. S sorry, I, ha I had to be, I had to audition for a uh, cop procedural, <gasps> a drama. This is everything I've ever wanted. That's all Gabby cares about. Would you be the cop? No, I would be a forensics cop. Yeah. Oh, 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 but wow. more than likely, I will be just sending emails to UTA without a response. Yeah. <laughs> My, I'm reading for the part of person whose agent doesn't get back to them. Yeah. I know. I'm so tired of like uh, putting the word fat in front of like as a, a oh. modifier of like I could be a fat firefighter. Oh, <laughs> I'm like God. always pitching characters. And I'm like, well, what if this soldier is in his late 30s, fat and bearded? <laughs> who, you know? who are you pitching this to? Uh, <laughs> the guy dressed as Spider-Man out in front of yeah. the Chinese theater. I'm like, I want to be the next Spider-Man. Help me out, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, what a little gem. He's and so cute. He's so cute. But I realized we were talking about my love of Timothy Chalamet and Allison said, you like these little twink boys because they look like the lesbians that you're into. Right. Yeah. Like, they right. talk Tom, like lesbians. Tom Holland looks like the the lesbian that I want to date. Right. Oh, so that's yeah, what that makes honestly sense. makes it less creepy for you to like him than a lot of other people. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I love to not be creepy for once. <laughs> All the men I'm attracted to are guys that I wish I was. Interesting. But tiny, I would like tiny would twink I, dudes. No, no. Uh, so I like guys. I'm just gonna list my three. please. I'll please. list my top three right now for everyone. Um, it's uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Oh, Mission Impossible really? Fallout. It fucked me up. I, I had I got like legit aroused. That guy's perfect looking. <laughs> I did like him in that role. I yeah. think he's probably not a good person because he's just so good looking. He must be a dick. But yeah. he has this whole issue that nobody recognizes him. Yeah. Like he walked around Times Square wearing a Superman t-shirt and nobody stopped him. Because he, he's, he's plain generic looking. looking. He looks like everybody. But yeah. I like him in a mustache. Not that all my... <laughs> <laughs> My male types are eight. I guess maybe also I grew up in the 80s where Mustache. gay men were mustaches. Mm. And he's so buff. Uh <laughs> And then Joe Manganiello, of course. Oh my God, you <laughs> have got muscles. Yeah, well, that's exactly. I, the guy, the, that's I what like, you want. Yeah, I want to be. Yeah. I, I want to fuck my after photos. You <laughs> are like you're like a muscles whore. That's interesting. I don't yeah. like a lot of muscles. Me neither. I find. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. a very male thing too, like a male gazy thing yeah. for like in these movies for dudes to be so like I I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger movies growing up, but it was now watching them again. It's weird when like uh, a woman is very into him. Yeah, because like it's clearly, oh my God. This this is the type of guy I like. Ugh. You're the only one in existence. Yeah, truly dudes, it's dudes who are into those types. It's what dudes so think women are into. There's literally yeah, a scene right. in, in Red Heat uh, where she like parts, she opens up his shirt and he has huge pecs, like D cup pecs. <laughs> and, she, and, a woman, and she had just knocked him unconscious and she like swoons at his bare <laughs> chest. I'm like, I don't know a woman who's like, holy shit, his tits are bigger than mine. <laughs> 
I want to break my nose in there. Well, who's your third love? Oh, um, Thor. Oh, my God. I mean, he's Aussie. He's buff. Come on. I like him the best of your three. Yeah. Yeah. Because he also seems to have a fun personality. Well, my weirdest celebrity crush, but that makes sense, is Nathan Fielder. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I would. You would die (laughs) for Nathan Fielder. Yeah, Yeah, I know. He's almost too suave and confident for you. (laughs) Yeah. I want want borderline borderline locked in syndrome. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's like. But that's so true. I love him because I think that he's the funniest person alive. Yes, he is truly he's very truly funny. He's truly the so funniest person. But, how, but you would date him. And you him. can tell when he's, when he's breaking. Like, he's playing a character. That's not what he's really like. Right. Yeah, all my people are married. Oh, I guess not Nathan. Nathan's not married. You could but still make that happen. But I followed him on Twitter and he didn't follow me back. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I check daily. Even if they are, Even if they are married, it's like they could be open. People are going to be tagging Nathan. In yeah, tweets please. Be, be like, you better follow Allison. Back. <laughs> or, or just please Why date Allison. That's yeah, all, yeah, okay. all I could possibly want. <laughs> please date Allison at Nathan Fielder. I tried yeah. to get him to EP a show I was pitching, and he said no. Oh, I don't, do you think he even read it? <laughs> no, no. But I was like, this is my way in. <laughs> I'm such a creep. Yeah, really. Trying to turn a professional thing into a, I mean, I. Well, whatever. that's the opposite of what I said. I'm trying to make friends to get ahead in Hollywood. You mm. can get ahead in Hollywood to meet partners. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's all we're trying to do, right? <laughs> Imagine a partner who's employed. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm living that dream for a long time. Uh, I, is it I amazing? Fully in the uh, not the breadwinner part of my... I, I'm, I feel like a... I live in West Hollywood. I truly feel like a housewife of West Hollywood. Like my (laughs) wife comes home from busting her ass and making money and getting our insurance and paying for everything. And she's like, how was your day? I'm like, well, I got high with my friend and recorded a podcast, you know? And she's like, well, that's great. Like a weird rich housewife pet project. What what does she do? She works in marketing at Netflix. Oh, so she's a real person. Yeah, she's a real person. And she has been my whole life. And it's... And she works, since she works in entertainment, she kind of understands it at least. Oh, like and then, she gets the struggle. Yeah, but no competition. No Amazing. Steady paychecks from the, I mean, we've been together forever too, so that's. Where did you, go, did you meet in college? Yeah, we started, uh, we met in college sophomore year as, as friends, and Ooh. then we both had sig uths. And then the war began. Sure. Slow attrition to knock them both out. Really? Yeah. And then were we, you like aware that's what you were doing? No, I I had a crush on her because she is beautiful uh, and is funny and is like cool and hip, like something that I wasn't into previously. <laughs> like something that was because I was twenty when I met her, so I didn't even have like a barometer for what I liked in women. I knew I'd like. I always used to say like great teeth, tits, mm-hmm. and hair. <laughs> but now I'm a grown man, <laughs> so I like butts and personality. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm really an adult. matters? Yeah. And that's what you have. <laughs> I, Nathan is lucky. I know. Great, great teeth, great hair. Thank you. I'm going to stop the compliments there for the <laughs> sake of, say, of getting fired from Earwolf. Allison has great butt, great personality. I think that's yeah. the whole Thank thing. Thank you so much. But wait, so then you broke up first. I broke Let's up. Let's get into this. Yeah, yeah. I'm into I, it. I broke up with my then girlfriend for, or she broke up with me oh, over no. the summer. Why? Because we weren't really right for each other in sure. hindsight. We were just like too attractive party animals that had uh, uh, my group uh, of guy friends was friends with her group of girlfriends. It, love it. Sort of Convenient. The, cla- the college connection. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I, and she was a wonderful person. And then we, uh, she broke up with me and I was kind of single. And then I was single for a summer. And then I got back to school and in my head I was like, well, that girl that I'm friends with that I and we had a really weird goodbye sophomore year when we both had partners. We were, I was like, 
we met in my room and oh we kind of like talked to each other and we were just like hanging out sitting there with each other and like and i was like oh it's gonna be weird going home for the summer she's like yeah you know it's uh, uh i'm gonna we'll see you next year or whatever and then like an hour later i called her and I, she didn't <laughs> she just reminded me of this and she was like hey what's up did i forget something in your room i was like no i just feel like i wanted to say more to you Ah, and I didn't say anything. Oh and then we, God. that summer I got dumped and uh, she uh, was still with her man. But then when we came back to school, it was like, we have a photo from that day and I look so uncomfortable. I'm like holding my hand like this <laughs> and like, I'm doing like the Avril Lavigne uh, meet yeah, and greet where I'm like next to her, but not touching yeah. her. I'm like all withered crone arms and stuff. And it looks so weird. And we just, uh, we were just talking about that uh, recently. And then junior year, we came back. I started sort of the full court platonic press, but she was into it. Oh, nice. Yeah, but we were doing like really like boundary pushing platonic stuff. Yeah, of, like, that's my favorite. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> I woke up uh, next to you on a couch and it's the morning and I have uh, a boner and I need to leave your house. What did her boyfriend think of all this? I don't know. He didn't go to the school. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that makes a lot more but sense. But we, but we were. I was following a strict set of rules that I had created in my head, in which I said, "I will never put you in a situation where you have to make a choice, whether it's like me or your current boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I won't do that to you. But I'm enjoying hanging out with you, so I'm going to continue to do it." Did you say that to her? Yeah. Oh wow. And we were just kept hanging out, and then the night of my 21st birthday. I got shit faced. I did 21 shots. Oof. I ended up doing like 27 shots, but oh I was aiming to do 21. I was God. the first one of my friends to turn 21. So oh it was like, we God. got it back, you know, and then I made out with a bunch of people at the bar that night, <laughs> sort of like guys and girls. I was just kind of. And so that night, Tiffany was there with her friends and they watch. She watched it all go down. And unbeknownst to me. She had broken up with her boyfriend <gasps> for me that day. So she's, this no! is her first day as a single woman. And she's like, I'm going to start dating this guy. And then that's what I do in front of her. Oh my God. But did I know and she didn't like it? She, I'm just checking in because I'm a weird person. So yeah. I'm just curious. She, she didn't hate it. Sorry. So she wasn't into it. Okay. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, taking notes. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, using context of the last half hour of our conversation, I would assume you wouldn't be against that. No, love it. Would <laughs> yeah. be like, that's my husband. <laughs> but then little did I know that was actually my last night as a single man. Uh, and so you went out with a bang. Yeah. So I went, exactly. I like, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I guess my wild oats have been sown in yeah. one evening. In this one bar. Yeah, she called me the next morning and said, uh, you were crazy last night. I apparently called her up and was like, I'm in love with you. And like, <laughs> I was just sh absolutely shit-faced. And she uh, she called me up and she goes, remember that deal you made about not trying to do anything? Well, one, I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, I'm single now. Do with that information what you want. Yeah. Oh my, were you yeah. so excited? I hung, I said, can I call you right back? And I <laughs> hung up the phone because now I, I'm, this is the early 2000s. This is peak uh, toxic masculinity in my life. All my male roommates have been making fun of me relentlessly for hanging out with this girl that I wasn't hooking up with. Oh, right. So, you know, it was just like, dude, what are you doing? Come on, we're going out to the bar. I'm like, no, I'm going to bring Shirley Temples over to Tiffany's apartment. <laughs> oh. And uh, then I hung up the phone. I ran around the house. I was like, she's fucking single. She's single. And all my friends were like, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't like, and then uh, I called, I, I got back on the phone. I was like, well, that's wonderful. Um, would you like to hang out this week? And then, <laughs> it was like my birthday recently. She came out to dinner with me and my mom when my mom visited school. And my mom's like, who's this? I'm like, this is my friend Tiffany. We were dating for like three dating. You say, can you be my girlfriend when you're that young? Yeah, yeah I, I still I, say that. Oh my uh, God. On February 10th, 2003, I said, will you be my girlfriend? AKA over 16 years ago. Wow. This past, oh my yeah, God. A full Amazing. driver's <gasps> life. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
And it's only going to get longer, ideally. So <laughs> neither of your partner, old partners can be mad because you ended up getting married. Right. That's kind of my rule, That's what too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. If, it's if meant someone to be, leaves it's meant you to be. and then the next person they're with, they marry them, then you go, well, Godspeed. And, this one girl, the first time I hung out with her, I tweeted something about... Like, it's so cool making new, right after we hung out, I was like, it's so cool making new queer woman friends because your only options are one, date forever, two, make out, never speak again, three, both. And then like, <laughs> and then like, that's like a, as a joke, but then she saw it and underneath it was like, is this about me? Ha ha ha. And then that's how you get them. <laughs> Reel them in. Yeah. Appeal yeah. to their inner ego. I egos. feel like things happen too easy for you. If two people of the same sex are in a relationship and one person is bi, is there a layer of jealousy there or fear of like um, – well, as someone who's bi and has sure. been with both straight guys and uh, lesbian women, I'm wondering if there's – Sure. If there's ever a time when they're like – you know, there's double the amount of temptation yeah. or something like that. There's a lot of biphobia on both ends. Yeah. Uh, like it's really – there's a lot of biphobia in the lesbian community because they are very concerned you're going to leave them for a man because of the stereotype that bisexuals are like greedy and insatiable and right. uh, and like are cheaters and all and all this kind of stuff or like duplicitous in some way even though like you know straight men cheat all the time yes like lesbians cheat everyone straight does, women yeah. everyone like of all kinds but there's some not everyone cheats but yes but you know what I mean? all there's, types of people cheat cuz i think also the idea is oh well they'll never be satisfied with just me because they they are going to miss having sex with the other with with right. other whatever. that's that's where my brain that's where my brain is at if like but if like, my wife if my wife was bisexual i would constantly be like are you missing like the uh, and, uh, the touch of a female or sure. something like that and for some bi some bisexual people are monogamous like right. that's just not in their brain like they they find someone that they love and that's who they love and cool. like that's it like the way monogamous people are mm -hmm. if i was giving a presentation to straight people and i wanted to seem like a model bisexual, perfect bisexual, I would be like, I would <laughs> this be would like, be an awesome TED talk. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, are you here for the heteros learning about bi? I'm like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> but it's people, not about <laughs> yeah, people would watch that, right? Then like the cleaned up version that we would tell straight people is to be like, no, we never feel that way, and we're monogamous and blah blah blah. But the like amongst ourselves, like the actual conversations I've had with other bi women are like. You know, like, yeah, of course there's a difference. And of course, like, you you kind of go through phases, or at least I do. Not every bisexual woman. But, like, I definitely go through phases of, like, I'm more interested in male energy. Oh, I'm more interested in female energy. Like, there's, like, a difference in – a friend of mine and I were talking about how just for us particularly, like, we like women better to date but, like, if we are interested in a dude, which is very rarely, we were joking about it saying, like, you know what? Like, I don't need to hear you talk. I don't need to yeah. know, like, <laughs> what your what your parents do for a living. Like, just, like, disrespect me and then get out of my house. <laughs> um, I always wonder, like, with straight guys, it's like, well, obviously, like, you love your wife, but you're not blind. You're right, not that's dead. What I, the like, parallel still, I was going to make, yeah. the kind of gross parallel I was going to make, yeah. it's not like straight guys are, like, uh, their wives are, like, I know you like big boobs and right. I don't have big boobs. Do you ever miss big right. boobs? Yeah, I guess you can it's look like at a, it as simply as that. Right. Yeah. It's like a totally – it's a thing that we somehow only apply to bisexuals that actually applies to like everybody. Right. So it doesn't really make sense. But like I, I also think that there's so little uh, like known or, or acknowledged about bisexuality in the straight community yes. that the stereotypes – attach easier because if your partner is bi sometimes they just won't even tell you right or like you won't you know you'll talk about it but like you won't be super honest with each other about it you know so like 
it was funny. One of your friends, when we were talking about it, she said, well, I don't know because I've never, I've never been with a bisexual guy. And I said that you know of. Yeah. I said 100% like a, a more men identify as bisexual than ever talk about it because they know, they think if they say something, the, the straight partner, female partner will dump them. Yeah, like but- <laughs> uh, Insecure had the episode where uh, she found out that he had blown a guy yeah, in college and or whatever. That, and this makes no sense to me. First of all, protect bisexual men forever. I fucking love all of you. Every bisexual man is uh, just a heart emoji right at you. Because I, I think that they Not have me. it. No, yeah. You, <laughs> None you came from me. in blaze. I don't know you that well. You came in here blazing, and I was like, "Is this guy this this?" You were like very by up top. Like, you oh, really, I, I, oh no, I was like, making- you came at it real hard up top, and I was like, "I don't know this dude's sexual orientation," but you were like, "Here's the thing: I want to fuck Thor." Next question. <laughs> yeah. like, you, I, we didn't even ask. Well, I, I was gonna say in the middle of you saying like, "Just you've never acted on it." I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> am well, I by? Yeah, yeah like, I mean, I feel is- like." I'm, I guess I have the tendency because I find some men attractive mm-hmm. and I'm okay saying it. Was that an obnoxious question? That was just something no, I was No, 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 it's about. not. Yeah. It's a stare, It's a thing that comes up. I think it's hurtful to a lot of people though. Oh, okay. Like I think bisexual people get real defensive about it. Oh, and yeah. And I really like hurt. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah. I, it's not by the question, but right. by like the assumption, you know, right. by like if someone would be like, Oh well, then that's like what you're gonna. Yeah. I don't know. But in my, I, in my head, I was like the the caveman brain is just like a numbers game where I'm like, oh, if you're jealous of your uh, straight wife's male coworkers, then you find out she's bisexual. That's twice the amount of people that she might cheat on that's you with. That's about you, man. Right. That's, well, not, that's not about not, her. That's, that's not about even you. about me. That was just a <laughs> hypothetical. I'll leave my name out of hypothetical so I don't get. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of, we're moving on to the next segment of the podcast, yeah. which, believe it or not. It's called Hypotheticals. Oh, nice. shit. I, natural segue. Gear That's how you up, become dude. the king of podcasts. <laughs> You're going to love this, I think. Okay, so Hypotheticals is the segment of the show where I give you hypotheticals, and then you pick an answer, and I tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Okay? Perfect. Are you on board? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <sighs> um, so the first se- – there's multiple segments within the segment. Just keep it fresh and fun. Uh, so the first part is America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater? Okay, and I'm going to give you a scenario, and then you let me know if you'd stay with this cheater. Okay. <laughs> You're going to love it. It's insane. Here we go. Does Ellen host this on NBC? <laughs> Not yet, but probably soon. I'll be so mad if she if steals she this from doing, me. Would you stay with this cheater? This is more of a Wendy Williams <laughs> oh, type. Right, right, yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. Your partner of six years is going away for the weekend on a friend's trip. While packing, they say they will probably cheat on the trip, but you assume they are joking, so you go along with the bit. When they come back, they say they did cheat, but are confused when you are upset. But they phrase it as cheating. They don't say, I'm going to hook up with someone else and no, we're they open. they say, I'm going to go cheat on you. Yeah, I don't like that. What about it? Because I, it should be phrased as like, uh, hey, I'm going to, can we be like open for this weekend or whatever? But that's not what happened. Right. They said cheat. I don't like, I don't like pussyfooting around polyamory. So I'm going to say I will not stay with this cheater. I also think that's like one of the few like off limit joke areas in a relationship <laughs> is like, I'm going to fuck someone else. It's like not the funniest joke. Like, no, no you ma- thought it was very funny at the time. <laughs> no, no. Oh, well, and that, I, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of comedy. So if she get, if she breaks me, then she can. But they said that having cheated on you, they now know for sure that you're their soulmate and they want to marry you. This is like my college relationship and I hate this fucking dude. So I'm going to say still out. Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Because that's gaslighting. Is it? 
Think about that. Gabby's purelling her hands while she's. <laughs> yeah, that. it was oddly symbolic. Where she's like, she's Washing like, that reminds me of my college boyfriend. I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gaslighting. She's ready for surgery. I am ready. Uh, it's gaslighting to be like to be like. Well, I said it as a joke, so you can't be mad. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's also that is premeditation too, which mm-hmm. is like also another layer to. Are you cool with what happened or not? Mm-hmm. Because like they've de- pre-decided to cheat on you, Got it's like, it. well, then just break up. You didn't with me. just meet a hot person at a bar; like you went there trying to fuck. Yeah. Who did they cheat with? Your mom. God damn it, Allison. Yeah, sorry, it was your mom. They so went to they, visit your family. They went to wait without you. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and my mom or Gabby's mom? For no, me? your your own mom. My own mom. Yeah. Okay. Oh, are we supposed to ask follow up questions? You can. Yes, you <laughs> have okay, to. Because yeah. otherwise, you'll never get to the root of it. So she, so it was. They went on vacation with your. They went on vacation with their friends, and their friends went to go visit your family. Why? Just for fun. Okay. And is your mom a lesbian? Um, pansexual. Married okay. to your dad? Your mom cheated on your dad? No, mom single. Oh, so far I'm into it because my dad's dead. So this makes total sense if my <laughs> partner leaves and goes and uh, hooks up with my mom. Uh, <laughs> is your mom hotter than you? No, um, no. That's part of the reason why I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's a very, uh, um, I would be mostly upset with my partner for thinking it would be fun to go on vacation and visit my mom. Yeah, what's that I would be like, oh, I I don't, I guess I don't trust your taste at all. If you enjoy, if I don't even want to visit my mom. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well then, then you break up and you're alone forever. Okay, oh, those if are- <laughs> we break up. So our two options are stay with this person or break up and be alone forever. No, you picked the first one, so now you're alone forever. Now, Come I, on. I will say, and this is a clearly married privilege, alone forever sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I know that's like kind of offensive, but my wife always jokes about that. She's always like, you know, when you leave me, it's going to be for a super low maintenance, you know, something that's like the yeah. opposite of her or whatever, when, when we're in a fight about something specific or something like that. And I always say- if you ever leave me, I'm going to spend five years playing video games. <laughs> and she, uh, she was like, yeah, right. Like you, you, She's like, you love attention. You'll want girls. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe I'll hook up with girls, of course. But I will be disgusting 40-year-old bachelor man. <laughs> and, and, Until you meet Chris Hemsworth at a party. Yeah. And, oh, so, wow. and then I'm finally I'm madly like, in love. And then you're happy. And then you and Chris Hemsworth play video games till you die. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, next one. Oh. Another would you stay with this cheater. You're playing spin the bottle with a group of friends, and your significant other uses a bunch of tongue when no one else does. With everybody? Uh, with one specific person. Oh. Oh. Uh. What person? Um, it's, your, uh, it's your best friend. Okay. Interesting. Is how hot is my best friend? Very hot. Interesting. Cool. But it's right in front of you. But, like, as a way to lure me in? No. They don't look at you the whole night. <laughs> All right, so your partner doesn't look at you the whole night, but you play spin the bottle with yeah. them? Yeah, that's upsetting. Okay. I, Why are we playing spin the bottle? Um, just because, like, as a group, you guys have run out of things to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there hasn't been enough drama in this friend group. Yeah. Should we start kissing each other? <laughs> yeah, that's and exactly then, what happened. And then what? what is the prior relationship between my best friend and my significant other? Um, Like, friendly acquaintances. Do I it fe- everyone in the room can feel the sexual tension? Absolutely. Now, they, they make it to second. <laughs> in, in, in front of everyone? Yeah. In the circle? Yeah. Now wow. I'm like turned on I'm a little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, I say stay with this cheater because I'm into it. You know? I wish I would I would want that to happen at a spin the bottle game that I'm playing that it's where it's anyone but my partner. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, 
like we're like two couple. I'm like, wow, they're really getting into it. That would be that would get me going. But I, I if it's my partner, unless unless maybe I'm like. Then I try to match action and match energy, and, and I'm you like, get kicked out of the game. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If then he, I can't. If he tries to make out with someone with the same yeah. intensity, he gets kicked out. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's hypocritical. female privilege. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That is female. F- privilege. The first the, we found the first uh, incident. Of but wait, it. is his is your best friend a guy? Yeah. So then it's it's his wife and a guy. So that's a different sitch. Because for me. Because well, maybe not for you now that you're bi, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That that. I would not be into that. I don't. Ah. I, I understand that some people are into that uh, thing, and that's more power to them. But for me, I, I'm not into seeing my wife with another person. It's, Got it. It, it's also What's that like. <laughs> that seems weird, but okay. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's like a, a, a sort of seems makes me seem old fashioned and stuffy no, at this point. No, it doesn't but, make you seem old fashioned. But so, uh, do you break up with her at the party? Ooh, drama. Yes. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, <laughs> I want I want the uh, like everyone's worried that I'm gonna fall off the deck kind of drunk because yeah. I'm like now an upset drunk and I'm like well fuck her she can kiss whoever the fuck she wants and yeah. I'll just corner like the oldest weirdest person at the party who's like uh, you know makes me is, feels like pity towards it's me your so mom. They, yeah yeah your mom's mom's there. why is there mom part of everything my mom's there going down on my ex girlfriend yeah, exactly. before yeah, this like one that. now you understand the game now you understand You're the game there. you got it you got That's it so cool. all of these are connected these, yes. this is a terrible month in someone's life. Yes. Now you understand the game. And now we're shifting into a nude game. <laughs> okay. Called Is This a Date? Okay. Yeah. okay so here's cool. the scenario and you tell me if it's a date or not. Your boss asks if you're willing to share a room while on a work trip to save money, even though your company has a lot of money. You work for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. And your boss wants to share a room with you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, they're trying to fuck you. Is it a date? I don't think it's a date. I don't I think, think yeah. they're trying to sexually harass yeah, you. Yeah, I think it's more of an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> than a, what yeah. would you say to them? Are they hot? Yeah. Like, I'm into it? I don't know. Well, have I been trying to get with them? No, because it's your boss and you work for but Amazon. But do you know it's me? Very no, it's Bezos? <laughs> it's Jeff Bezos? <laughs> yeah. Hey, guy's got a hog. I've no. seen it. <laughs> Not hot. <laughs> oh, he's like rich, old rich man hot now no. where he's like, I'm openly yeah. bald and buff and saggy. Yes. Yeah. Is it Jeff Bezos or is it like a hot person? It's a hot person. Okay. And I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. But so, because you keep saying, but you wouldn't pursue it because it's your boss as if you don't know me at all. You're right. Right. No, because I've now told you there's certain people you can't pursue and you listen to me. Yeah. It's like our manager's hot. I, but I'm not attracted to our manager, even though he is so hot. <laughs> we have the hottest manager. <laughs> so difficult. It's wild. <laughs> People look at him and they go to us, what's that about? And then we like have forgotten that he's hot. Like yeah. we like have been working with him for so long that we're like, oh, that guy who's like a model, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I have like a good friend like that who's like very handsome and I forget that he's handsome because he's like, wow. I've known him for so yeah. long. And then like my other girlfriends or uh, gay friends will be like, you friends with that dude? Yeah. Is he then single? You, What's right. his deal? And I'm like, uh, look, I don't I don't want to be the arbiter of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good looking. Get over it. Who cares? <laughs> okay, well, either way, you both got fired. Why? Because you crossed the line. Okay, well, then I go home because, to my loving partner. Yeah, wait a second. If I say yes, then I'm fired for crossing the line. And if I say no, I'm fired, which is sexual harassment. So I sue when I'm a millionaire. No, because you, um, no. you should have been a team player and shared the room to save money. No, because then I say I'm being sexually harassed and I sue when I'm a millionaire. Gabby, you can't control this universe. 
Gabby's so litigious. I know. I'm very litigious. You're not allowed to play this a date anymore. Why? Because you're always going to sue. I love to sue. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I wonder if this was exactly how you thought it would be. Honestly, more or less. <laughs> find you i'm at gabris on all social media and you can listen to my podcast raised by tv high and mighty or if you're willing to cough up a few extra bucks patreon.com slash action boys which is a action movie podcast for movies from the 70s to 90s i wonder what the venn diagram of listeners of this podcast from that podcast are i don't want to stereotype but it's small but get on it okay so stick around because after the break we'll be back with topics with an x and X, we'll be X, talking X, X, about X. mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for our final segment, Topics. With an X. Gabby, that was X, your X, part. X, 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 yeah, X, there we go. Baby. There we go. So this is the part of the show where we get into something a little bit more serious, something that's been on our minds or that's maybe relevant in the world and zeitgeist, or maybe it's relevant always, like this topic today, managing mental illness. Wow, I don't know anything about that, so I should go <laughs> probably. Now, here's where I can really give you some specifics. Yeah, this is Allison's time to shine. It's weird, she's cracking her knuckles, she's standing up. Yeah, I'm just like stretching a little bit, ready to sink in. I have a lot of thoughts on managing mental illness. Right, so want to say what you have? Yes, so I am a firm believer that you have to take care of your mental health the way you would take care of any other ailment that you have. And that if you ignore it, then it is extremely detrimental to your Mm -hmm. health and your life and your safety. Mm -hmm. Um, I also am a firm believer that talk therapy is very important and also medication if you need it. Yeah. Everyone should be in talk therapy. Every single person. Every single person should be in talk therapy. But, you know, I think that there is a lot of resistance to potentially going on meds. And I'm a huge proponent of meds, Mm -hmm. despite being someone who has had a bunch of side effects from them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I started meds at age four. And four to eight, I was on Prozac. But don't worry, kids. It was liquid Prozac. So it just went right into my apple juice. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then, oh, okay. Yeah, but why, say why you were on Prozac. I went on meds because I got a very severe OCD Mm -hmm. um, and it came on pretty quickly. It's something called pandas where I had strep throat and then um, OCD came pretty quick afterwards. Google it. It's really interesting. It's bananas. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I got to a place where I was not functioning anymore. Mm -hmm. My personality changed completely. I was suicidal at age four. Mm -hmm. Um, Very unhappy. And my parents dealt with it in an excellent way. They immediately got me help and they got me on medication. Mm -hmm. And then so from four to eight, I was um, pretty sweaty as a result. (laughs) People love a sweaty four-year-old. Yeah, they love just like, if you're five and you're just wet, people are like, that's a cool kid. (laughs) Yeah, they love it. Um, And then uh, eight to 12, I was on Paxil and that made me overweight, which is a a difficult time to be overweight because it's sort of when you're getting your bearings on Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of like your sexuality Mm -hmm. and um, who you are as a person and how people perceive you. And Mm -hmm. so for years afterwards, I had uh, body dysmorphia because of it. 
And then I got off meds when I was 12 and went without them until I was 18 mm-hmm. uh, because then things got unmanageable again. Mm-hmm. And then I went on just every type of SSRI that exists between 18 and 21, uh, kind of tried them all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, I never really got to a great place during that time because I wasn't doing the other part of the work. Yeah, you had the meds, but you weren't doing like the taking care of yourself part of it. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I think positive thinking is huge Mm -hmm. and something that I'm a huge proponent of. A couple years ago, I made the decision to go from being a negative person to a positive person. Mm -hmm. And in addition to being way less annoying to my friends, it helped me a whole lot. (laughs) Did you know, did you notice? Yes, I think your energy's changed. Right? For sure. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a different person. I also try really hard not to be as as like um defeatist. Yeah. You I feel like you've changed a lot in that way too. And don't you yeah. feel better being that way? Yes. I still am very anxious. Yeah. I'm faking it till I make it. I don't know if I actually believe that it'll be okay. But I think that that's huge. I think that a big issue is vocalizing like depressive thoughts. Yeah. I mean, obviously you need to talk to people if you're depressed. You need to reach out. You need to let your friends know. But on a daily basis, if you're not in a crisis zone, I think that it's very helpful to mostly speak positively. Yeah. And, you know, it's that thing where they're like, oh, if you smile, then you'll become happier. Like, I I really think that if you're nice to yourself in your brain, your brain will appreciate that. That's what you always say to me. You always say you're being really mean to yourself. Because I, like, text you. You you still do that. I know, I know. I I was texting you recently being like, I'm a dumb loser and everyone hates me. And you were like, okay, well, that's – why are you talking to yourself like that? And I was like, "Uh, probably because I'm a dumb loser. And you were like, (laughs) okay, see, well, that's not really – what we're going for here. The rule, um, the rule is to talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend that you love. Yeah. If another person talked to you the way you would talk to yourself, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong right, with you? Yeah. But for whatever reason, we're trained that it's okay to just like shit on ourselves mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard habit to break. But once you can break that, it is so liberating and will, I think, help in every other as- every other like way that your mental illness might be, you know, showing itself. Yeah. So I have uh, bipolar too. I'm on um, Lamictal, and which is a mood stabilizer, and um, Sertraline, which is the generic for Zoloft, and then I also take Clonopin sometimes for anxiety. And for a long time, I was on antidepressants, and because I was undiagnosed with bipolar two, so they just thought it was like depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real problem was like the manic episodes, right? And so there was a lot of stuff where, you know, I write about in uh, my book, Bad With Money, uh, I write about a lot of spending, a lot of irresponsible spending that I did and and flying myself places and uh, buying things all the time because it was like on, you know, I wasn't on the right medication. And like, I kind of, at first I said something to my mom about the mood swings and she was like, no, you're just moody, which I think (laughs) happens a lot with mental illness is that, you know, they don't want to say that it's an actual thing or they don't want to they don't want it to be a diagnosis. They're just right. like, yeah, it's just like you just have mood swings. And I was like, yeah, you know what mood swings are is bipolar disorder. Right. <laughs> I have found such relief when I've been able to understand my behavior as part of my mental illness. Yeah. Because then Yeah, I'm like, because then you go, it's not me. Oh, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's me and then there's, like, my mental illness. Yeah. And, like, my personality is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I'm actually, like, a very carefree, like – yeah. Like easygoing, chill person. Mm-hmm. But then I had this like obsessive compulsiveness on top of me and mm-hmm. anxiety on top of me. And for a long time, I was like, well, that's who I am. Yeah. And then but it wasn't. It wasn't. And then when I went back on meds, I was off meds from 21 to like 
27? Yeah. And then when I went back on meds, I was like, because I had done so much work in the talk therapy and in like therapizing myself, as I like to say, I finally got to this point where I was like, oh my God, this is how other people's brains work. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I was like, so you can just like go about your life and you don't worry when your friend last washed their jacket? Yeah. I mean, you worry about it, but it doesn't bother you. Yeah. (laughs) You think about it, but you you still still can like interact with them. Is that you still think about it. Right. But – you think about it differently. Or you think about it and you let it go. Yes. Like it's not like your thoughts are going to be like so drastically different, but it's like they don't control you in That's the way the that thing. they used to. That's the thing is that I still have the same thoughts and I still have the same impulses, but I'm I'm – able to go oh that's bipolar disorder speaking Mm -hmm. and that's not true and you don't have to do that and then you sort of like it it doesn't have power over you because you're like this is a ghost like this isn't real and you I mean you got diagnosed much later than I did you got diagnosed like two years ago officially I got officially diagnosed as bipolar yeah like two years ago um because I didn't want to be bipolar I always say like I just didn't I just didn't want uh, – I, I didn't want the Scarlet B. I didn't want people to be able to go, oh, well, we don't have to listen to her. She doesn't make any sense because she's crazy. Like I didn't want people to – you know, bipolar has this thing of like, oh, well, they just don't make any sense and they're and they're off the charts and off the – you know, they just don't even know what they're saying or whatever. So I just didn't want people to go – if I thought something or if I had a strong opinion or if I was emotional in any way, I didn't want people to say, oh, she's just bipolar, you right. know? Um, Whereas I grew up – Thinking I was crazy my entire life. Yeah. My entire life I was like, I'm insane. Yeah. And then what I had to do was be like, actually, you're not insane. Really? Yeah. Like I had to get to a point where I was like, you know what? You're cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, like, yes, this is a thing that you have and that you'll always be dealing with in some capacity. But like compared to a lot of people (laughs) doing pretty well. So I was told that I was bipolar and I rejected it a few times. I mean, the signs just built up and it wasn't serving me. Like at a certain point, you're just kind of, you're go, like anytime I would go through a manic or depressive episode, I would get better. And then I would go, oh, nothing was wrong. Yeah. And then it was like, no, that, what was that last three months about? I think like I spent a lot of time rejecting the diagnosis that could have been used to get better. (laughs) Absolutely. But I think that that's the thing that's becoming exciting is that it's becoming less stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully, like if you were 16 now, you would be more open to the diagnosis. Oh, yeah. Pro- I mean, probably. I didn't know anybody. I mean, it's funny because it's a, a genetic disorder. So my mom absolutely has it. So does my grandmother. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. but I didn't know anyone who had it. So like I was just like, oh, okay. I, I You know, those people are in a mental institution. Like it's not like a thing that, that people – that I want to be successful. It's not a thing that successful people have. So I felt like very – I felt I thought, I felt like, oh, successful people have OCD. They're crazy and they stay crazy, but then they're very successful. So then yes. there was this fear of like, well, if I lose my crazy, I won't be as creative. I won't be as successful. I won't be as productive. And that's the thing with mania too is I also – but like the thing is I knew that those people killed themselves. So I was like, wow, you burn bright for a few years. Mm-hmm. You make amazing art and then you kill yourself. Right. And I was like, that's my inevitability. Like that's really what I thought. I was like, that'll be what it is. Oh, well. And, like, that's a real dark way to live. It's not the best. No. You're right. Like, you need to do other things. Like, I'm I'm in talk therapy. I'm on medication. I go to the gym. I try to eat okay. You know what I mean? Sleep like, is huge. Sleep is huge. That eludes me. I really have trouble sleeping. Um, but, yeah, like, you, there's other things Even that you – Even just things that, like, um, prioritizing your self-care. You know, mm-hmm. like, I was on a family vacation and I wasn't in a great place and just, like – 
being able to be like, I'm going to go read my book. Yes. Where like a few years ago, I would have felt like that's so rude. I can't leave the group. Mm-hmm. Like, what? And mm-hmm. I, but I was like, you know what? I'm not doing well right now. I want to go read my book. That's what will chill me out. And like, just going to do that. Yeah. And if you have friends or people who are going to say, oh, well, that's rude, then they're not understanding your. Like what it's you need to do to be It's a great way to weed people out, to yeah, be honest. <laughs> I was talking about bipolar disorder and I was talking to this woman, Julie Fast, who's a bipolar advocate. And she was saying like, it's tough because you have friends who want to drink and do drugs and party and hang out. And then they go, well, you're no fun if you're not going to like be like manic you who's like, you know, doing all that stuff. Or you, if you go, hey, I really shouldn't be drinking right now. Like I feel mania coming on or whatever. And they go, boo, hiss, come out or whatever. Then those people are bad for your mental health mm-hmm. and you got to get rid of them. Absolutely. So part of it is man is realizing what what makes you feel better and what makes you feel worse and that can often be people. Yes, like specific time. people and like you know that the idea of like a toxic person is true. Yes. And like honestly sometimes families can be very triggering. Yes. And you again have to put your mental health first. Mm-hmm. And it feels selfish but it's that thing like on the airplane where you have to put the mask on you first and then you put the oxygen mask on someone else because if you're in a bad place mentally it's not going to end well. Yes, like you exactly. Can, you can get along for a bit and you can feel like you're being good to other people for a mm-hmm. bit, but it's just going to explode. It always explodes. Someone asked me on my book tour, should I have a little money right now? Should I go to therapy or should I start a savings account? And I said, you should go to therapy because if you aren't in therapy and you have a savings account, you're going to blow through that money like in a manic mm-hmm. episode. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Uh, let's call John in to uh, review the episode. Hey, hello. So Hi. How did, how did we do? That's a sweet 11 out of 10. I'm going to go above and beyond. Oh, my my God. God. I was cracking the hell up with Gabrus. I (laughs) mean, I lost it. I mean, I've been a big fan of his. I really would want to be his friend. Oh, absolutely. So I get how you feel. Do you think we should just give him this podcast? Yeah, right? I feel like he has enough. (laughs) (laughs) How would you rate it, Cammy? 10 out of 10. Pretty good. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I think everyone did a great job. (laughs) I think everyone did great. Hearing y'all talk about managing your mental illness, that's like a very vulnerable place to be. But this is a brutally honest podcast. So I appreciate y'all doing that. Oh, no problem. I talked to a stranger about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm too open about it. (laughs) No. We got into kink. Yeah. And mental illness. Yo, that's so yeah. <laughs> casually. The, the spectrum right there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, as someone who's been to therapy in and out a couple of times and is now going regularly, what I call maintenance therapy instead of crisis therapy. Yes, maintenance therapy. Love it. I agree with that. I agree with that. Be is, in therapy. It really helps to talk to someone else. I'm trying to get my family on it. Yes. And because mm-hmm. then you're not a burden to people in your life. Because if right. you you need to talk about things, but yes. it's not necessarily like your partner's responsibility to like hear you unload everything exactly when you have a partner too i will say if you have a partner that supports it i think that's even better oh yeah Yeah. if you have a partner that doesn't support it get rid of them (laughs) throw them out gotta reconsider that yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) well thank you so much to both johns john our producer and john gabris our guest just between us is hosted by me allison raskin and me gabby dunn Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our amazing theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelit. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. See ya! Woo-woo! Stitcher.
the mob, the mafia, the syndicate, the family. Once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. What we know about the mafia, it's all about the guys. But there's another side of the mob in the 20th century, and it's just as dangerous, but in a totally different way. Especially if you're a gay man, a drag queen, or a woman. We're talking about the underworld of New York City's very first drag clubs and the woman. That's right. A woman who ran them. A woman named Anna Genovese. Anna was the goddess. She's a tough old bird. Who was this mob queen with the insight and ability to write her own ticket in a man's world? That's what we want to know. Who is Anna Genovese? Mob Queens is out now. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.